Welcome back to Late Edition Crime Bee Chronicles. My name is Terry Lipschetz, and I'm one of the -the behind-the-scenes producers of the program. We're currently working on the next set of episodes that will look at the 1990 death of 20-year-old Susan Nezersmith in Wildwood, New Jersey. Until then, please go back and listen to past seasons if you have not already. Lee Enterprises produces other podcasts such as The Ethical Life, a program that focuses on the intersection of ethics and the modern life. The show is hosted by Scott Rada, Lee Enterprises social media manager, and Richard Kite, director of the Ethics Institute at Viterbo University in La Crosse, Wisconsin. A recent episode of The Ethical Life is of particular interest to listeners of late edition Crime Bee Chronicles as it looks at the appeal of true crime programs. True crime is one of Hollywood's most successful genres. Recently, Netflix aired a 10-part series about Jeffrey Dahmer, the Milwaukee serial killer, and it was a huge hit. But the sister of one of Dahmer's victims said it's sad the producers are making money off the tragic events that happened more than three decades ago. Richard Kite and Scott Rada discuss why true crime is so popular and why such disturbing stories have a strong appeal. A link to the episode, What is So Appealing About True Crime Shows?, is available in the show notes so you can listen to the full conversation and check out other topics from The Ethical Life. True crime is one of Hollywood's most successful genres. Most recently, Netflix aired a 10-part series about Jeffrey Dahmer, the Milwaukee serial killer who killed 17 men and boys. It was a huge hit. But many of those who were affected by the crime were upset that they weren't consulted about the show and they aren't interested in watching it. The sister of one of Dahmer's victims said it's sad that the producers are making money off the tragic events that happened more than three decades ago. Rick, why do you think so many people find such disturbing stories so interesting? You know, I'm not entirely sure because I think as long as there's been storytelling, there's been storytelling about kind of the horrific um, about, you know, what things that, that frighten us. I think part of us is simply drawn towards the mon- monstrous. We're, if we're living in a society, we're living in a, in the context where we're always being required to repress many of our urges. And there's a curiosity. What, what would it be like to give into those urges, not to have any of that repression. And yet at the same time, we really don't want to live in a society where everybody gives into those urges. It would be, it really would not just scary. It would be downright dangerous and and deeply unsettling. And so, stories allow us both to, in our imagination, give in to the urges and and eliminate the repression and kind of imagine what that's like, but also have the satisfaction of knowing that those who do such things get punished. And that's part of. Part of the storytelling, you know, especially with true crime stories, is to pretty much always find the criminal and punish, they get punished. You know, we started off this episode by talking about the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix. And um, full disclosure, I wasn't really planning on watching that series. But um, last week, I came down for the first time. And since it, since we've had COVID, I was like one of the last people to finally get COVID. And that meant I ended up on the couch for a few days, not feeling the best. And um, knowing this show was coming up, I figured, well, at least I'll watch the first episode. And, and you know, maybe I'll watch the first two. And partially because I didn't feel like uh, doing a whole lot else uh, over the couple of days, I made it through all 10 episodes. I mean, I think it was well done. And it 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 did a 
okay, I think it did a better than okay job of sort of trying to get a look and explain why he did what he did. But as I was watching it, I, I kept thinking to myself, would this show have been as interesting if it would have been entirely fictionalized? If this was just created out of some writer's imagination? And and I just don't think it would be. And and I think the reason is part of the, uh, I mean, I certainly wasn't, a, or am not even still an expert on the case, but it's sort of, you sort of have a small idea about what it, what happened going in and kind of getting a look inside that story and, and trying to figure out why someone would do something so incomprehensible is probably, I think to me and a lot of people, why it's more interesting than just watching true fiction. Or true, probably true fiction's an uh, oxymoronic term, but just watching fiction. Yeah, I think so. You hit on two things there that I think are part of what's compelling about true crime. One is this um, feeling that like, this is just a normal person who could be my neighbor next door, and there's a there's kind of something kind of frightening about that. In addition to, you know, fiction, it's easy to say this could never happen with true crime, you know that it did. And so then it could again. And so then there's an extra element of, of kind of danger or suspense in, in the watching of it. Um, and then there's the imagination of, you know, what is it like? And, and even you can tell by the titles of many of the, um, many of these serials that are, that are broadcast, you know, like it's Dahmer hyphen monster. Like, like, how does a, how does a real person become a monster? And then, you know, that hit show, I am a killer, you know, like it, it invites you to go in to imagine what it's like. And, and I think there's a, there's a tendency to think that there's something, there's some access to the mysterious, there's something that people like Jeffrey Dahmer know, there's some insight into the world, there's some access to evil, which is kind of mysterious and intriguing that normal people don't have. I think that's entirely false, but it's it it is fed by the fictions of you know um, characters like Hannibal Lecter and Silence of the Lambs and others you know where there's you know like where the, uh, the FBI keeps going back to him because he has an insight into other criminals mm -hmm. and, right and this is you know it's actually false. I mean what what you have in people like Jeffrey Dahmer is just a a lack. There's a deep emptiness in them. Their lives are not led forth by meaning to access to any kind of meaning. They're, they're, it's a life that's driven by urges. And because it's driven by urges, there's, there's nothing, there's no insight to be had. But there are certain things that they're feeling, of course. But it's, uh, I think the Hannibal, in a way, the Hannibal Lecter series at all is very misleading. And it's in some ways kind of a twisted, wishful thinking that there's, there's some kind of meaning in evil that simply isn't there. No, you, you, it sounds like you've not watched this Dahmer uh, series on Netflix. Am I correct? No, and I'm, I am not a, for a couple of reasons that we'll get into. I'm, I, I don't like the exploitation part of, mm -hmm. you know, of victims' families. I, I, I won't support uh, shows like that. But also, I'm just, I'm really not drawn to true crime. I love mysteries. I love mystery shows, fictionalized. I don't, I'm not drawn to true crime. Yeah. And it's funny. I'm not typically that drawn to it. And I guess part of the reason I, I watch again, because I knew we were going to be talking about it on our show. And I also knew that it was just sort of the show. A lot of people 
we're talking about. And I had a lot of time to kill, quite frankly. But um, one thing that was interesting, and, and you just touched on it, though, is that as the sort of in the la- later episodes of the show, there are people who are writing books about this, including um, Jeffrey's father, Lionel, who uh, was portrayed by Richard Jenkins in the series. And I thought, quite frankly, was uh, in, in, in from an acting standpoint, the star of the show. It, it they even talked about in the in the miniseries about how it's wrong for people to profit on crimes such as this, which was interesting because, of course, you couldn't help but watch the show and think that this show was doing exactly that. The other thing I and this doesn't quite uh, uh, make it uh, uh, maybe it gets a little better in my mind was that sort of the underlying theme was how often there were signs uh, that this could have been stopped a lot sooner, how often mistakes were made, especially by law enforcement, where this could have been stopped a lot sooner, where people like Jesse Jackson came into Milwaukee, and this was all, the, a whole episode was sort of devoted to this, and and talked to the, the neighbors who kept calling police again and again and again, and nothing was done. So, I mean, it, I'm not sure that excuses some of the quite frankly, the gross aspects of the show, which I think you could probably imagine, but it did touch on some of those points too. But I I would just love to know and be in that TV writing room in a way of how you talk about people in the show uh, saying how it's wrong to exploit uh, and make money off tragic events like this when you're writing for a show that in many ways is exploiting and making money off terrible events just like that. Well, I think the show's creators are just disingenuous. They want to they want to build into the the show itself like some awareness. They they know the criticism that it's getting and they they want to ease their conscience. So they they write in, you know, ways of kind of some kind of social justification and an awareness of it but it's face it it's the whole reason for the show is because it's going to make a lot of money for netflix and it's going to make a lot of money by being exploitative and and um and if it wasn't that if it were you know proposed because it was going to serve some kind of social function but not get a lot of viewers it wouldn't be made Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.